Welcome to C3 Hobart Online. We hope that you enjoy this message today. If you'd like to get in touch with us, make sure that you listen till the end to find out how. How are we all doing? We all right? We good? Holy God, uh, thank you that you are here with us, that you are as close as the air that we breathe. Thank you that you're involved right now, and I just ask for your help. Uh, as I bring this message, we enter into this conversation and pray that you'd be with me, that you'd guide my words, but that you would help all of us here just to respond to this, just to, to connect with what you want to say. I pray this would meet everyone where they're at, that everyone would um, take away what you want them to take away, God. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Are we having a good week? Man, some of you are not convinced. Last time I was up here, I told you guys about my desk. Who remembers my desk? Oh, yeah, cool. Thank you. Thank you for the messages of support the week after. Me and my desk are very happy together. I had a uh, phone interview with Taz Weekend with the Mercury. And um, I was telling this guy all about my new desk. I said, yeah, no, I've got a really cool new setup. I've got this awesome desk, got these LED lights. And end of the interview, he's like, oh, we might send a photographer around to take a photo of you at your desk. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Anyway, long story short, they came around, took photos of me at my desk. Um, so next weekend, Taz Weekend Magazine, you can tune in and see the new desk. <laughs> uh, rest of the week's been pretty good. This week I've been learning about coffee. Did you know that coffee has such a big half-life that you're not supposed to take it after 2 p.m.? because it affects your sleep. And even though you're like, oh yeah, I still sleep. But no, nah, no, nah, you're not actually sleeping. You're not getting productive sleep. Isn't that crazy? Am I the only one concerned about the caffeine agenda here? We should have learned this in school. Anyways, there's nothing to do with what we're talking about today. I just, it's important to me. Do you want to hear what we're talking about today? Do you want to hear the title? Or you guys who write notes? I'm going to tell you the title and then I might unpack it a bit, because it's a bit, of a bit of a weird title. So the title of the message today is Kill the Miners. <laughs> and I don't, mean, I, don't, I don't mean miners, even though that, that cheer was acknowledged. Some of the parents in the room were like, mm, yeah. Testify, brother. And I don't mean miners as in people who work in mines. I mean miner as in to call something less than something else. All right, we're going to learn more about that because if that's the title, the topic today is miracles. That should really elicit some kind of response. We're talking about miracles. <laughs> Come on. Come on. I am interested in how that word appears to have landed on some of you, though, because the thing about miracles is that generally our response to that word comes in a few different ways. One of the responses from people when we talk about miracles is they're straight away hooked in, right? They're leaning in, they're engaged, they want to learn more. This is because they're hungry for something supernatural, they're hungry for something divinely from God, they're interested in how God engages with us, engages with our physical world and our bodies. And that is so good. That's amazing. You are my people. Because God says to be hungry for that. God actually says, you don't have because you don't ask. 
And God says, you'll find me when you seek me with all of your heart. So all of you people here today who are hungry for miracles, you're going to love this message. <laughs> We're here for it. And another response that comes in the room are people who are a little bit more guarded about that word. Either they've been burnt before with the idea of miracles, or they've chased after a miracle and haven't received anything, or it doesn't quite fit into their worldview, which is fair enough. It's pretty supernatural. Or even, like me, you might be from a more conservative background, and miracles and how they fit into our apologetics, how they fit into our narrative of God, can be a bit confusing. And that's okay too. You guys are my people as well, because I used to be right there. I used to be that person. I had no time for miracles, didn't want to engage in the discussion. If someone was up talking about miracles, I would have switched off by now. And then there's everyone else in the room on their different you know, varying journeys with miracles. It might be your first time in church, you don't believe in God yet, you're not even sure what a miracle is. Or you could be at the other end where you walk daily in miracles. So this is just a, a common conversation. You feel like this is normal for you. What I want to achieve today, the agenda, I'm going to be transparent, is to take you guys from maybe being jaded or a bit burnt out by miracles and pull you into the group that are hungry for miracles. Is that all right? I'm just being honest. That's my agenda today. So buckle up. Something about miracles, and let's tune into this right now. What is happening right this second is a miracle. Me standing on stage, 11.46 a.m., Engaging with you right now, this is a miracle. That's because God chose me to be up here speaking to people who have come to hear about God. I didn't twist his arm. I didn't say, hey, God, you put me up on stage or something bad's going to happen. He chose it and he's anointed me. Before the beginning of the world, if God is a big God and he plans everything out, he knew you would be here right now. He knew you would be sitting in that seat. So right now, me speaking into this microphone, these words hitting your eardrums, this is a miracle moment. I was challenged by this last week when Pastor Sean was up here and he was talking about, everyone remember the topic about you know, respecting God's provision. And I was sitting there and I was like, man, that is so good because I'm really blessed and I'm especially blessed when it comes to the supernatural working of God. I've been on a massive journey, and I get engagements with God at the supernatural level daily. And I felt like God said to me, I felt like he said, you have this tendency to compartmentalize the miracles in your life to miracles and minor miracles. I felt like he said, you've, you've got this continuum and you put a line straight down the middle, and some things are big miracles that matter, and some are just the minor ones. And that was the challenge you had for me, and that's what I'm presenting to you today. That's the kill the minors. The, the intention today is to stop referring to some miracles as minor miracles and call them what they all are, which is miracles. Happy with that? That's the foundation. Let's, let's go into some scripture. I'm going to use my phone. I brought my Bible up, but I'm reading from um, Amplified, and I don't have a hard copy of that. So I'm reading from my Bible, uh, my um, phone. John 1, verse 45 onwards. I've 
I have no idea, I have zero context for that, but I'm 100% here for it. <laughs> Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote about, Jesus from Nazareth, the son of Joseph, according to public record. And Nathanael answered him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip replied, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Here is an Israelite indeed, a true descendant of Jacob, in whom there is no guile, nor deceit, nor duplicity. Nathanael said to Jesus, How do you know these things about me? Jesus answered, Before Philip called you, when you were still under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered, Rabbi, teacher, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus replied, because I said to you that I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe in me? You will see greater things than this. Then he said to him, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, you will see heaven opened up and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man, which means the bridge between heaven and earth. So a bit of context to this story. These guys, first, first century Jerusalem, they were waiting for Messiah. Messiah was the promised one. Messiah was going to come and fix everything. Messiah was going to come with an eternal kingdom and all of the tears we wiped away. And so for years, centuries, they've been waiting for this guy to show up. And so Nathaniel is chilling there and one of his friends comes up and says, you're not going to believe it. Messiah, the superhero, the promised king for forever, who we've been waiting for, he's here. He's here and he's, he's this guy from Nazareth. And so Nathaniel is like, what good's going to come out of Nazareth? And then Jesus comes along and he's like, oh, here he is. This is a great guy. This is one of my people. This is an Israelite. No duplicity nor, nor deceit. And Nathaniel's like, how do you know me? How do you know that? Jesus is like, I saw you under the fig tree. And then Nathaniel just completely backflips. He's like, oh, you must be God. You must be the king. Isn't that a little odd to you? <laughs> how quickly he backflipped. All because Jesus saw him under a fig tree. And even Jesus is like, you think that's good? Oh, buckle up. This is a miracle. This is massive to Nathaniel. This changes the whole trajectory of his life. And yet, if you Google a list of the miracles of Jesus, this doesn't even make the cut. If you look up all the things Jesus did, this doesn't really get a mention. Because the rest of us, that's a pretty minor miracle. But to Nathaniel and to all the people he impacted for the rest of his life, this was not a minor miracle. This was a miracle. It's even to the point that if you Google what's the first miracle Jesus did, it says when he turned the water into wine, right? Which happens directly after this verse. I want to talk about my own experience with my fig tree moment, and what I referred to as a minor miracle and how it changed my life, begins in, in June 20, 2016, and I just, I'd finished my degree, I'd already been to Bible school and missionary school, I'd done my backpacking odyssey, I was ready to contribute to society. <laughs> 
had the foundation set, and I'm like, God, here we go. And I had, had all these dreams in my heart, well, just, just one dream, really, I wanted to be a writer. And I said, God, this is what I want, but, but I'm quite pragmatic. I didn't want to, like, throw everything behind that. I thought, I need to, like, be smart about this. And I felt like God said, I've blessed you abundantly to step into this calling. The thing about what I wanted to do is I knew it was going to take a lot of time, a lot of resources, a lot of money, a lot of energy. Things that I historically have never had that much abundance in. And I felt like he said, no, step into this. And I'm like, yeah, cool, great. But I didn't feel like I had permission to believe that, right? A lot of us don't really engage well when God says, I'm going to give you something for free. <laughs> we think we've got to earn it, right? Or is that just me? Am I the only person here who thinks I have to earn something? It's an Aussie thing, I think, as well. And so I said, yep, yeah, cool. I, like, I accept that. I want to believe that, but I don't want to be selfish. A couple of days later, I'm, uh, I'm walking home from the shops, and I see a shopping list on the ground. Someone else's shopping list, and I'm like, I, I really love that kind of stuff. I love picking up little things like that, getting an insight into some stranger's world. And I thought, this is sick. I don't think I've ever found a shopping list. Reached down, picked it up, and like looking through what they're buying, trying to like profile them. <laughs> Tucked it in my pocket, went home. A couple of days later, I'm at the beach, Bernie Beach, sitting on the steps. And I look down, and there's a shopping list right next to my left foot. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's weird. That's a couple in two days. I didn't pick that one up. I think I was in my swimmers. I didn't. Anyway, context. A couple of days later, I'm walking down the street now, and then I find another shopping list. And I'm like, this is, this is, this is interesting. So I took a photo of it, and I put it on my Snapchat story. Uh, so Snapchat, it's like an, an app on your phone. You take photos of stuff. I put it on my story so all of my friends could see this. It was a random photo of a shopping list. That's all it was. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, cool. Moved on. Next day, I found another shopping list. So I took another photo of it, put it on my Snapchat story. And now suddenly people had context. They're like, what's with the shopping lists? And I'm like, I don't know. Just having a crack. Next day, I find another shopping list on the ground. This is three days in a row, three Snapchat stories in a row. People start engaging. They're like, what does this mean? And now I'm pretty, I'm pretty slow on the uptake, but I'm not that slow. I'm like, this means something. And I was fortunate that I had a background in engaging the, with the miraculous side of God. So I thought, well, God... What are you trying to say to me here? And I felt like he said, write down your list that I, I want to provide it to you. Write down what you want. I'm going to provide that because you've got unlimited resources and, I, and I'm going to bless you abundantly. And I thought, oh, I want to believe that. For the next season of my life, I would find shopping lists everywhere. I found them in the bush, under my car, in the grass, in shops, on the ground. Just one time I was in Woolies getting something and it was one like next to the thing I picked up. Just, just hooked in there. I was walking down Melbourne one time with some friends and we're walking along like an like, intimidating line. And there was one right in front of where I was stepping. And even my friends were like, oh man, that, this is actually happening. Like this, you were directly in line with that. And I said, yeah, I know. So what I did is I started to think, well, I want to honor this. And I started collecting them, went to Bunnings, bought a big uh, jar to put them in. And I put them in one spot. 
I counted them Friday, and there is exactly 222 shopping lists in this jar. This has changed the trajectory of my life. This has changed the way I see myself, the way I see God, the risks that I'll take, the direction I'll head. And I'll tell you, it's worked out. Some of you guys know my story. It's worked out for me in a big way. This was my fig tree moment. But to you, this doesn't mean much at all. To you, this is probably just a minor miracle. To you, for me, finding a shopping list, a minor miracle. To me, it changed my life. I'll get the team to come back up. It, this means so much to me that if my house is burning down, there's two things I'm going to grab. I'm going to grab my cat and I'm grab this jar. If I've got time, I'll go back in and grab my desk. <laughs> Imagine how this church would change if we killed the minor that we stick in front of the word miracle. Imagine how your life would change if when you saw little miracles like this, you didn't call them little. You called them for what they are, which is miracles. Imagine if we even reframed the way we saw this engagement right now. This is a miracle. Imagine if every time you walked in those doors, you thought, man, this is a miracle. I'm engaging with a miracle. God wants to speak to me, and I want to speak back to him. Can you imagine what that, that would do to society, what that would do to you? I feel like I've got context and, and some authority to speak on this because in 2014, I spent a few months in, in Mozambique, in Africa. I was at a missionary school run by Heidi and Roland Baker. And some of you guys might be familiar with their ministry. They move in signs and wonders and miracles. Spent three months there. It changed my DNA. And I saw miracles. I saw miracles. I saw 10 people get their hearing back in a row because they got prayed for. I saw it with my own eyes. I couldn't understand it. I prayed for someone with, with white eyes. She was blind. We prayed for her. She fell down. She stood back up. Her eyes were turning brown. She could see again. We went into, into hospitals. We, we prayed for men with broken legs in casts. We prayed for them. They got up, started jumping up and down, legs completely healed. And those miracles didn't change my life the way this one did. That big miracle, I saw fire fall out of the sky while we were worshipping. Amazing, affected me, it still does. But this is like Nathaniel, made me backflip on the things that I thought. And I think the key is in there, is what Nathaniel says. He says, how do you know me? How, how did you see me? You're calling me this amazing guy. How do you know that? Because the thing about every miracle is they're not there just to, to fill a need. They're there because God of heaven wants to engage with you. That's what makes a miracle a miracle. Not because something supernatural happens, but because God intercedes into your life. And He wants to. He wants to, right now. I invite you guys to stand if you want to, or stay seated if that's more comfortable. Just a few moments, we're going to go back into worship. And what I want is for you to be so aware right now of a culture you might have set for yourself 
where these fig tree moments you've dismissed because they don't make the list of Jesus' miracles. And I want to let you know that they've changed my life and they're going to change yours. But you've got to grow in your awareness of them. That's on you to do. It's not his job to make you more aware. It's your job to make yourself more aware. Your job to step in. Your job to engage. Because God says you don't have because you don't ask. So for everyone here who is hungry for miracles, you have permission to be hungry for miracles. You are permitted to be hungry for miracles because what you're hungry for is the heart of God. And he wants to engage back with you. How good is that? Right now, what's going on inside your heart and your mind? That's a miracle happening right now. So we're going to create a space up here. If you want to come up the front and get prayer, we've got a team that wants to pray for you, to partner with you. Otherwise, if you want to stay in your seats and step into that presence, wherever feel comes, feels comfortable. But the challenge is to kill the minor at the, front of miracle, at the front of miracle and to be aware that your fig tree moment is already happening. Let me pray for you guys. Holy God, you're so good. You're so good to us, and thank you for your goodness. Thank you that you saw us from a mighty long way, and you called us home. I thank you for my family here right now, this community, this neighborhood, that, that, that you would be with us. And this moment, this moment right now, that you, Holy Ghost, you'll come and bear witness to these words, that you'll bear witness that these words are from you, that you want miracles in their life, you're hungering for their hearts, you're hungering for us. And right now, I pray we step into that, that we lean forward, God, that there would be a burning inside of us. I lift up this time of ministry, this worship. I pray that there is a change, and I specifically pray right now, the authority of Jesus Christ, that we are going to be a church that calls every miracle what it is, a miracle. And that we're going to be known for that. We're going to be known as a supernatural church because we identify what is coming from your heart and what has been given to us. Lift up all of this. Lift up all this. And just beg for your help. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Thanks for joining us today at C3 Hobart Online. If you were impacted by this message, or you'd like to know a bit more about our church and what we do, you can get in touch with us via our website, c3hobart.org.au. See you next time.